uh, people like to look at the negatives and don't want to consider the positives. And and I think, look, the, the human race is, is an intelligent race and it, it will get to where it goes slowly but surely. Hello and welcome to Environmental Podcast, Age of Plastic, about all things sustainable because climate change is real and scary. I'm your host, Andrea Fox. Yes, I've had some time off. And in that time, found out that the Age of Plastic Podcast has become the third most popular earth science podcast in the US. How exciting and big in the USA. Going international with our guests again today. He is from the land of maple syrup, Canada. On the way after our guests, don't forget Eco Lifehack and all the details to get in contact. If you would like to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, I'd absolutely love that. Today's podcast guest from Canada is Andy Streisfeld, the VP of Business Development at Lifecycle Revive. Now, discarded masks seem to be everywhere at the moment. Masks are necessary and especially unavoidable for medical professionals as I've talked about many times before on the podcast, but how cool would it be to turn old PPE into new PPE? Well, that's what Canada's Lifecycle Revive are doing. And my guest Andy's worked in medical cells for years, but decided to quit to pursue recycling post-COVID waste in 2020. Now, Lifecycle is working with 12 other companies to recycle PPE worldwide. And today it's PPE, tomorrow, who knows? We discuss the Paris Accord, circular economy, sustainable economies, oil industry, technology, and get ready for loads of movie and musical references from Andy in today's show. And we realised when we started speaking that we both had something in common the day we spoke. I've just had my uh, first COVID-19 vaccination as of today, so I'm hoping that I'm not going to be too woozy. (laughs) I was feeling fine until about five minutes ago. Oh, wow. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. And it's, you know, your arm gets sore, but I think, you know, I had a good sleep last night, so I think you'll 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 sleep well tonight and I think you'll you'll bounce back. Okay, good, good. I, I don't know why, but I feel like you'll know more than this having worked a little bit closer to the medical <laughs> not that you're a doctor I don't know just no. said that with such authority Andy uh, well, okay cool any other questions before we get going no I'm very excited let's go ahead brilliant um so Andy Streisfeld am I saying that correctly Streisfeld mm-hmm. cool yes and that's why I've got you saying it so I can go back and double check when I record the intro again thank you so much for joining me from Lifecycle Revives so the sort of headline for this is the Canadian company Lifecycle Revive is creating new PPE from old PPE which just basically sounds like the dream doesn't it Andy it, it definitely is you know Hugh Jackman um, did Broadway and he did um, a, a fantastic musical. And one of his key songs was Everything Old is New Again. So <laughs> this is the, I guess this is the theme right now. I think that we have to look at COVID and definitely it is a new thing on the horizon. But I think we're, what we are going to learn is that it's the inverse. Everything old cannot be new again. Like we have to be able to do new things. And this recycling initiative is a new horizon, a new direction yeah. for for us. Completely. And we've both just discussed, we've both had um, our COVID vaccination very recently, literally me this morning, you yesterday. Um, you're speaking yes. to me from Canada right now. But is it true that the kernel of this idea actually started at a sustainable fashion brand? It did, actually. So um, what happened was um, we uh, nationally retooled in April uh, when the U.S. closed the borders to Canada for medical supplies. We retooled our national industries, and I was a sales rep for um, a multinational medical company that couldn't sell any medical products. Mm. So um, customers were calling me, asking me what we could do. And I said, look, patriotic fervor, you got to go make some stuff. So a customer of mine 
ended up landing a government contract. He asked me, do you know anybody in sewing and fashion? I said, believe it or not, I do know this person, Lena uh, Bowden and Carmina de Young in London, Ontario. And I said, you know, you should speak to them and, and work with them. And he did. And they retooled their fashion industry to work with him to do um, medical gowns, polypropylene. And one day I was asked to, inv um, to visit the facility which I did. And I was shocked to see piles and piles of black garbage bags of this plastic fiber that, you know, that they make gowns from. And I said, no, 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 this can't go to garbage. This cannot go to garbage. This, this will ruin my, my life <laughs> if this happens. So, so I uh, picked up the phone and I called our, um, our uh, plastics person who worked with our multinational corporation. I said, listen, can you do something with polypropylene fibers? This sure can. So Kurt Staley from Simcoe Plastics, came down to see Lena and Carmina and, and my partner, or not my partner, but the person I referred them, Nat Labby. And all three of them set up this relationship, this band, if you want to call it. And uh, they proceeded to create Lifecycle Revive. And then later on in the year, um, I got frustrated. I got tired. I got depressed, whatever you want to call it. And yeah. I handed in my resignation. And then um, I became the fourth member of the band, you know, um, so that's that's where we stand today. So let's talk me through the life cycle revive process then. How are you getting this PPE from hospitals and how are you what do you turn it into and how? Okay, so traditionally um, it's the hospitals and hospitals for anybody who's ever visited a hospital, I'm going to paint two pictures. You go in, you're getting a very minor procedure or you're visiting a friend you know, who, in, in a hospital room. They make you wear that flimsy, yellow, blue, spider web material gown, mm -hmm. you know, just to visit somebody or just to turn your head and cough type of thing, right? Mm -hmm. So then at the end of the day, you end up taking that, rolling it into a ball and throwing it into a garbage can. Mm -hmm. It's clean. It's not dirty. It's clean. It's not contaminated. It's, 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 it's been resting on your shirt and pants. It's not dirty. In the OR, 80% of waste of the hospital is created in the operating room before a patient ever comes in. Wow. It's all that preparatory stuff, the wrap, the gowns, the, the back table covers, whatever it may be. And there's always a percentage of cases that get canceled. And what happens, that stuff now that it's open is considered contaminated to the air, but it's not contaminated with anybody fluid and it ends up going in garbage. And that's, that's, a, that's a really sad situation to be in. So we used to work to get hospitals to give that stuff for free. We bring it into our facility or actually bring it into Kurt's facility, which now is our facility. And we put it into a gigantic grinder that eats 3,500 pounds of plastic and spits out 3,500 pellets, 3,500 pounds of pellets on the other side. And those pellets are resin. And that gets to go to mask manufacturers, GAN manufacturers, automotive industry, foodstuffs, and they make stuff from it. And that is the circular economy that we're in today. Like no waste. We, we're, making, we're making soup from the bones. Yeah. We're doing everything from it. So, and now with Lena investing in this uh, textile machine, we are gonna be able to make polypropylene fiber. And that means that Canada doesn't have anybody who does this. So this circular economy now expands and now we'll be able to supply Canada with uh, polypropylene fibers instead of them ordering it from China or or Asia. Yeah, I, I want to get onto the circular economy and what you'll talk a little bit later on. What you're talking about is that the life cycle health um, is going to be making those gowns very soon. Correct. And but you know we've we've had a very a fantastic moment when we launched Life Cycle Revive because we were invited to join the Canadian Association of PPE Manufacturers, who were a lot of gown mask makers. 
And all of them said, look, we got scraps in our factory. So that was level two. We were going now targeting manufacturers and said, look, for those of you who have lots of extra scrap, just like Lena did, let's take it from you and let's turn it into something good. Mm. And then you'll have a chance to, to get the, the, uh, the pellets so you can make stuff and keep that circular economy going in Canada. So we had the hospitals that were on board. We had the manufacturers who were on board. Lifecycle Health was created to be the natural circular economy, but we didn't know that there was going to be all the Canadian manufacturers coming to us saying, hey, we want some of your stuff. We want to be part of that circular economy. So we're very excited about that. Yeah. And how many providers are there in Canada, this PPE? Well, well, currently right now, we're over uh, 30 uh, manufacturers, wow. be it be it disposable mask, reusable mask, or gowns, and it's growing every day because it's uh, there's opportunities. Everyone is is creating a brand new mousetrap, so there's always a new person on the block with a new technology or an antimicrobial fabric or a wow. biocompostable fabric. So this is very promising for not only for environmentalism but also for the idea that um, we will be a self-sustaining economy. Uh, through a circular economy in this case. Yeah, completely. And just going back to the sort of the things that you're taking from the hospital, because they were going to have to put them in a bin and deal with them at, at some point anyway. So is it that if anything is has been contaminated, that's separate? Or is it the sort of when you're taking all of this PPE waste gowns and masks and what have you, it's heated to a degree that we don't need to worry about any contamination? Like, w- what's the process there? So standard sterilization in a hospital is 275 degrees Celsius for four minutes. Wow. And once you pass that into a sterilizer, um, everything nasty is killed. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about feeding a machine that will run it through a plastic melter at 475 degrees, almost twice as much. There's going to be nothing left virus or contaminated wise after that is done. So then it just becomes brand new recycled plastic pellets that are clean and, and fresh and and you know beautiful yeah. for people to work with so it's safe essentially i guess that's kind of what it I'm is safe. Yes. yes yes it is and i guess beforehand medical ppe is one of the things i say on this podcast imagine if that was the only plastic we had in the world if it was just for use in medical because there's nothing else that can quite replace that single-use plastic at the moment and it keeps us all safe as we found with covid19 but i think in the uk it was either medical PPE is sent to landfill or it's burnt. Is that also the case in Canada? Canada has actually went in several different directions. So what we do is we espouse and, and, and fulfill the idea that we don't want anything to go to landfill. So we'll take it, we'll turn it into pellets, and then we'll do something with it, like fiber. Um, other people will do biofuel. They'll send it off, mm-hmm. all their garbages for biofuel which is a new industry and it's you know in a sense it's good but i understand there's some negativity environmentally with that and then there's other people who will take the pellets and turn them into plastic goods like well i I don't know if in england if you have it but here in canada we we have a we call it a dollar store mentality that if you can't get it at a dollar store that's when you go to a walmart or somewhere else right so when you go to a dollar store to pick up a one dollar plate or a one dollar mug you know made out of polypropylene plastic which is what we are melting down yeah um, that's what it is. So, um, so essentially you have people coming and saying, okay, we're going to turn it into recycling bins or garbage bins or plastic lumber to make, uh, you know, um, yeah, decking tables and, and tables. And, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Canada's expanded their, their, their love of this type of, uh, uh, innovation to do this. So, um, but like I said, we're the only one right now who is actually 
you know, saying, look, we're going to take it, we're going to turn it into a, into a reusable fiber, and that fiber is going to make the building blocks of everything that we have been shorted um, in the last year and a half uh, through this pandemic. Yeah. And you've mentioned the circular economy. Let's get into that then. What exactly does that term mean to you? Because I think sometimes in this space, when we throw around terms, like, what's your definition my definition is that that once you enter into circular economy, the the idea is that you will have multiple uses of life out of this product that you make. This this product, short of it being accidentally thrown in the garbage, yeah. would be still reusable. So essentially, you go to a hospital, you make a gown, um, the gown gets sent to us. We turn into pellets. We make a gown. We can have this gown go through the system several times 10 to 20 times that's really before good this, before it degrades right before it degrades because when you think about it there's always going to be new pellets or new fabric added to the ver- the, the virgin to the to the use yeah. right so you're always going to refresh the formula you're always going to have it come through the system much stronger much better and and the fact that we actually have this m- amount of garbage that could sustain this type of industry indefinitely this is to what I think a circular economy should be. Mm. It's not only just making sure that a company keeps making money and, and it keeps, you know, just, you know, rinse and repeat. But I think the fact that you can actually take, like in Canada, polypropylene is used for gowns, it's used for masks. It's also used for yogurt containers. Mm. It's also used for, for certain water bottles. So here you go. Take the stuff out of the water. Take the stuff out of the forest. Take the stuff out of the garbage. Take the stuff out of the hospitals. Put it all in this magical mystery machine and we're making stuff and stuff is not going to landfill anymore. That's the vision that I have that the, and the dream that I, I espouse that one day we're not going to have to have these landfills overflowing. So the landfill is always going to be there for whatever reason, but it's not going to be overflowing in plastic. It's going to be overflowing in other stuff that should be there, not, not that's not in there. Yeah, completely. Like, And it's, it's about all this stuff that we up until this point have thought of as waste and finding a value in it as well isn't it that's that's what this has done it said this thing that you threw away and thought had no value does still have value you know, you know i i said once uh, in, in a in a talk i said there's gold in this garbage okay <laughs> and if you and if you look and if you look at garbage as a sustainable economy all right that and here, here's where I deviate, and I sometimes criticize the Canadian Green Party and other political parties because you know everybody's rushing for Paris Accord numbers and climate numbers, yeah. but they're saying we have to cut by 50. I said, look, you'll get to where you need to be if you're smart about it, and if you're smart about it, then let's look at sustainable economy and an industry that is green, mm. that industry that 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 can help you get to that target. Nobody wants to lose their job in the oil fields of Alberta, Canada, because you know because oil is bad right but if you find a way that oil and plastics can be good and you can sustain people's jobs and you can keep them working and you're doing something good for the environment there's gold in that garbage but what i'm what i've I've said before is that as citizens of the world in any country that we're in we all have the same desire we want to pay less taxes we want to pay less to healthcare. We want to be we want to be successful and rich, and whatever it may be. That's great. So now, if you go to the landfill and you remove the plastic from the landfill, if you remove all, all the um, the negativity about recyclable plastics and how it could fit in the world, if we ignore 
big business like oil and plastics who say, oh, no, no, you can't use recyclable. It has to be virgin. It has to be fresh, you know, freshly made from Texas oil or Alberta oil. Like, no, if you can if you can get past that, if you can go beyond that, then you can you actually sustain the idea of what we all want. Like we're going to reclaim all this stuff and put it back into the economy. We're going to put it back into the healthcare program. We're going to pay less taxes. We're going to be much better off as a society. And the problem, the problem got highlighted. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to be long-winded, but this is this is the passion side of me here. Mm -hmm. This this whole situation with COVID, and just several months ago, a blizzard in Texas crippled the plastics industry in the world. Wow. And what's happened is that. I, as a former sales rep, we're getting phone calls from hospitals who I no longer work in sales. I work in recycling. Mm-hmm. And they say, we, we're, we have no more sterile wrap. We have no more gowns. There, there's no more polypropylene fabric. And, and people running to us like, you know, at the door and say, hey, we want to buy your pellets and we'll spend any amount of money. So then, so then tell me why you came to me now when big oil and big gas and big plastics tells you that, you know, I'm no good. So the point is mm-hmm. at the end, you know, it's, it's almost like, a, how do you like me now type of attitude, right? So, so that sent the message that, hey, you know something, we got to really change the way we listen to the, to the message. If, if Texas can be crippled, if the Suez Canal can be blocked up by a freighter, yeah. if can world gas prices and plastics prices are going through the roof and people are coming to little old me for plastic pellets, that means that we're doing something right. And that, and I encourage anybody listening to the show, this is the time for you to get into business. And if you want, just pick up the phone and call me Collect, and I will show you how we can all do well for the environment. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I feel like this series is going to have the theme of finding waste. There is gold in them, there hills, because we are discussing on another podcast the amount of gold in electrical items that is people are now digging through landfill to find because, again, people did not see the value in that when they originally threw that item away. And shout out to the Canadians as well. I believe, for informing lots of Texans when their house was about to. (laughs) Like, they were like, oh, look, there's water coming through the air vent. Yeah, okay, your house is about to fall down when those pipes, you know, something's burst, get out of the house. So, yeah, you you deal with extreme temperatures there in Canada, I believe. (laughs) We do, we do. So, I mean, this is the perfect example, isn't it, of, of the circular economy. And clearly from what you say, this is the future of the economies all around the world right yeah you know the i, I unfortunately i'm um i'm a sucker for movie quotes i'm a, I'm a geek when it comes to, to movie We've, quotes this is like the second and, or third one you've got in so far i'm very impressed i'm telling you and I'm, I'm, I'm glad kicking I'm off glad with hugh jackman <laughs> well no actually um russell crowe is my next one he's, he's my favorite Brilliant. one and, but i'll, I'll say I'll save that at the end because that actually sums up my feelings about why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. But what I want to try to get, what I wanted to try to say in, in, in this, in the movie quotes type of thing is that we are heading towards a Star Trek-esque society. And if, for those of you who are sci-fi geeks like me, the concept was that the Star Trek generation would have to go through a cataclysm like a nuclear war, whatever it was, we would all come back together. We would all be unified. And then we'd realize that want was useless. Yeah. So right now, we're, we're suffering through COVID and hopefully we've learned something through this. I doubt, it, but let's, 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 let's be positive for this podcast and say we've learned something yeah. from this. And at the end of the day, if we can come out of it and say, look, we just can't do things like we did pre pre COVID, then at least there's hope. You know, if we, if we, 
look, I, I use the example, I'm a student of history and politics. I studied political science and history. And in World War II, this resonates with the British people. At the, at the time when it seemed darkest, North America through Canada and through the US, through Lend-Lease, um, supplied what they call the arsenal of democracy. Now we are fighting this war. I consider COVID to be a war. There, and it has all the war ramifications. We have people who are profiteering off of us. So they're war profiteers. We have young people or an old people who are walking down the street with carts and wagons, picking up plastics, picking up stuff, bringing it in, you know, so they can, you know, be used for the arsenal of environmentalism, which I call this. There's so many similarities to what we've done in the past and what we're doing today, which is good but there's also some bad. And the situation here is that if we learn from this COVID, if we can evolve from this COVID, if we can treat each other rightfully you know, and, 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 and in a decent way, I think we have hope, not only for the environment, but I think a hope for to redeem ourselves in this century. And I, I really sincerely hope that that's the, the trend we're going to and not a different way. I sincerely hope that as well, completely, completely. I've always wanted to do something for the age of plastic that will be helpful to you. As of this series, you can now go and download a template from my website. That will have a handy form you can copy and paste into an email to any company who you want to ask to use less plastic. It could be your favorite supermarket, fashion brand, your local cafe. This is an easy copy and paste, fill in the gaps, that mean it's relevant to the business you want to contact, easy. More details at iamandreafox.co.uk. You may love a brand or have just discovered a brand but find that they use loads of virgin plastic and you want to find out whether they're trying to change that because it's just not obvious from the place that you bought it. Well, why not use the downloadable form from my website, iamandreafox.co.uk. Head to that website, you will find a downloadable form. Just scroll down to the podcast section. You can download that email, fill it in so it's relevant for the company that you are sending it to and pop it off via email. Head online, iamandreafox.co.uk. We've all seen more waste. Um, we have seen more people, I guess, going out into their communities, especially here in the UK, and helping a bit more. But yeah, that's so interesting. I wonder if COVID has has cured us of greed and got us to thinking about needs again, possibly. But um, we have seen more PPE uh, discarded around. It is so wasteful and it's so bad for the planet. Like you say, it's ending up in land, it's ending up in the sea, and it's not going away anytime soon. Do you think? You know, I, I don't know. I, um, there, there was a, a, a recent um, WHO webinar that was put out, and it talked about that PPE spending would pretty much continue on for the next year or two. And okay. within five years, we would scale down our purchases and we would go back to the, the old ways of doing things. Um, I'm hoping that we as a society uh, both in North America and in, and in Europe and specifically in England. I'm, I, I have to say a personal shout out to England. Um, Thanks, we'll take that. Yeah. I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed with the technology that your country is actually developing for uh, my type of business, 
right? So I, I, You're I've tried to reach out. To, no, <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. And I really hope that we can connect one day because I have been trying to reach out to British companies to talk about microwave technology and sorting technology and all this wow. stuff because I think that's the future where we need to, if we can make this accessible, we can we can eliminate this from you know the city levels and whatever. And then city governments and regional governments and, and provincial governments would then embrace it and then they would make it part of their regular garbage collection. And, and if you can do that, if you can take the work out of the out of the general public's hands, you're going to have a lot more success. But I have to also say thank you. I have to shout out to people here in this country who, like you say, who adopted the box technology, you know, filling up boxes with masks or with PPE, mm -hmm. taking them into recycling centers, having them trickle back to people like myself. Um, th this is the first start. This is the commitment that you need to do. And, and if you can do that and we can sustain that for a while, We'll be okay. I don't think we'll be in in a bad situation. Yeah, I mean, I know, I I think it's interesting what that who um uh talk that you just quoted said because I feel like here in the West, in the global North, outside of hospitals, I don't think I had really seen PPE at all until COVID nineteen. I think maybe because of SARS and MERS, there was a little bit more um knowledge of it uh in Asia, for example. Uh, but yeah, it will be interesting to see whether it is something that we continue using more as a society. Obviously, there's there's enough to be go at getting on with providing for the hospital setting. But do you see any scope in the future with Lifecycle Revive of consumer PPE being dealt with as well? We are we are current. So the three the three pillars or the uh, that I was talking about. So we've already expanded and we've been very successful in, in hospital healthcare. Yeah. And that means also dental, veterinary, you know, nail salons, whatever yes. is considered the healthcare world. Um, we've reached out to the manufacturing world and we're, we're getting now traction. So yeah, now we are targeting, you know, the, the general public, John and Jane Q public. And we're trying to figure out, okay, at the retail level, at the at the grocery stores, at the Walmarts, at the at the big chain stores, you know, uh, Amazon as you know as well. Like, let's see what we can do about getting this type of technology into them, because trust me, I've heard they've got lots of plastic bag waste. They have a lot of uh, PVC waste. This is plastics that I don't deal with, but I, but I'll take it on if it means oh, wow. that we will all be successful on that, right? So. So um, yes, we are actually actively, that third wave is working now. Like we are actually out there trying to solicit retail, restaurants, other cor corporations to, to jump on board and profit off of this, uh, this, uh, this ability to do what we can do right now. Yeah, and uh, I mean, where you're standing at currently when it comes to Canada's PPE needs, are you sort of at the forefront? Are you thinking that you will be able to provide using this technology all of Canada's PPE needs in the near future? Well, I, ha I have to be humble. I would never want to. I would never, <laughs> Do you? I would not. I, never, I, I don't want to. I don't want to have that John Lennon moment. But it's like the point is, I think what we're I think what we're I think what we're trying to do here is that I think we are positioned ourselves to be one of the pre precursors and one of the the eminent supporters of this type of project. It's not going to be all done by us. But the, the, the thing is that if we can do what our mantra has said we can do, which is make sure that nothing goes to landfill, take all medical waste, turn it into pellets and have those pellets ready for Canadian manufacturing, for our own manufacturing, I believe that we can be a leader in this. And then it would just be me trying to convince other people 
to jump on board and do this. Um, but it's never, it's not going to always be in healthcare. Eventually, we're going to have to go to other industries. We're going to have to go to automotive. We're going to have to go to retail. We're going to have to say, guys, why don't we just take whatever plastic you're wasting, bring it in, turn it into something deconstructed, and then figure out a way how you guys can reconstruct this and, and have your own circular economy. I'm 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 not a I'm not a, a communist in any way. Um, I grew up in a in a in a socialist household because my parents were um, um, uh, immigrants from Romania, and um, you know we I we had some of that socialism here in Canada. Like yeah. we have a social economic system, and our our healthcare system is a social economic system. It's open to everybody. It's not like the United States. But what I'm trying to get at is that. The socialism I have is that it's almost bordering on the Che Guevara, you know, Trotsky type of uh, thing where it's like, I would rather share our technology with other people and for free because I want to continue this revolution of, of environmental stewardship. I want other people to see that it can be done. And if, you know, they need funding or they need support, this shouldn't be a secret that we keep. It's, it's like one of the things I like about the new American administration is that uh, President Biden said, look, we shouldn't be holding on to the secret recipe of the vaccine. Everybody should get it. Yeah. Everybody should should share it. So I'm saying, look, I'm willing to tell you what's in my secret sauce. I'm willing to let you peek behind the curtain. If you can guarantee me that you're going to do something good with it. If you're not going to do something good with it, then no, I, you, I don't want to help you. But if you come to me honestly and say, hey, I like what you're, I'm hearing and I really want to open this up in Africa or Asia or anywhere call me toll free you know and we'll talk because i would love to i would love to share the secret sauce with everybody that is amazing and and have you had much interest worldwide currently believe it or not we did get a lot of uh, attention in australia and yep, uh, i can believe that unfortunately we have a travel ban here so we can't travel anymore. oh yeah no but, we uh, we've never closed our borders but yeah there's still a ban on us traveling currently in the uk so yes <laughs> but but we are we are talking to we are talking to some people in in australia new zealand um there seems to be a, a fantastic movement there like i said i'm very envious of of um of british industry that is actually coming up with ideas and i wish that we could you know tap into that um definitely uh, I, europe is actually moving in the right direction they are, they always seem to be moving in the right direction so that's great uh, and uh, eventually here in canada will i think i think it's that that uh, is that famous line from you know about alexander you know went to the end of his empire and wept because there were no more worlds for him to conquer i think i'm, I'm far from being alexander but i think the idea here is that i think we need to finish canada and then if I can cross the sea, if I can cross the pond, then, you know, I, I will redeem myself with another challenge. If not, then, you know, I, I will, I'll end up in Newfoundland weeping, but weeping happily that the job was done. And, and there we go. Yeah. And, and what a job as well that would be. And I suppose, you know, when we think about, um, you know, companies here in Britain, I mean, I'm thinking that TerraCycle is uh, one that we've heard of here in the UK that might collect plastic and turn it into something else. But I think even TerraCycle would admit that their company essentially downgrades, whereas what you really are doing is, I mean, obviously it's turning old PPE into new PPE, but also so many other things as well that can also still be constantly recycled, correct? I'm very impressed with what TerraCycle has done. And I've said that in a, in a bunch of podcasts and also on my LinkedIn page. Uh, if you, if, if anybody wants to read uh, my diatribes and my feelings 
I, I put it right out there. Um, but I, 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 I do have to say that companies like TerraCycle, who've, who've really perfected the box technology, um, has done very well for, for the environmentalism. And I think, I think where we are going is that, yes, um, you know, one of the things we hear about in Canada, but uh, companies like TerraCycle is that they go to, to that one point and then after that, someone needs to take the baton. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's not a marathon, but what is that, that Olympic event? It's, it's a, you know, oh, a relay. Yeah, relay yes. It's a relay. So, you know, TerraCycle, let's take it and then I'll take it from there and someone will take it from me at the end. So, and that's, a, that's my hope. Like I, I tell people, look, I don't mind if someone puts me out of business, put me out of business for the right reason, that you're going to do it better than me and I'll be a happy guy. Wow. But don't put me out of business just because you don't like me or you don't want me, me to be there. That's the other thing. But um, I think we're, we're heading the right direction. When you have this type of box technology that can actually sort properly and teach people to sort properly, then you're, you're able to tackle that much easier. And, you know, people talk about, well, what, what happens if your box comes back and it's got a sandwich? So it's got a sandwich in it. You know, it's like free sandwich. If, if that box, keeps, <laughs> yeah, there you go. We'll just throw the sandwich out. But if that box keeps coming back with garbage in it, I'm going to have to talk to the person that I sell that box to and say, look, evidently you're not, you're not grasping the idea of what this thing is, even though this box has all the icons and, and it says in words what can go in here. Yeah. Um, you're, you're, you're missing the boat. But, you know, people like to look at the negatives and don't want to consider the positives. And, and mm. I think, look, the, the human race is, is an intelligent race and it, it will get to where it goes slowly but surely. And yes, there will be a couple of sandwiches or a couple of cans of pop and, you know, dirtying up all that plastic, but at 400 something degrees, it's all going to melt. It's going to be turned to dust. It's not going to be an issue, is go. it? Yeah. And we heard uh, from Greenpeace UK uh, just this week in the UK that uh, less than 10% of the plastic packaging waste uh, that we put in our recycling bins here is actually staying here in the UK. So I, I just think this sort of is the kind of technology we should all be moving towards because what is the point in us continuing to recycle if we're not using more recycled plastic? I'm torn be between this because I just saw the Greenpeace video this morning on, on LinkedIn where um, it was the caricature of Boris Johnson talking about um, the statistics. And at the end of it, it was that the, the you could fill up the amount of, of Whitehall area, yeah. like Ted Downing and everything, fill it up to the brim, to the, to the rooftops. And that's daily what England sends away. I'll tell you, if you're sending that stuff away, send it to me. Uh, like, let's. I want the ships coming to the to the new world rather than going to, <laughs> to the third world because we could do something with it here. Like, it's it's that's a, that's a very frustrating argument because if the Greenpeace piece is correct, then somebody has to educate the, the waste people of England to say, guys, yeah. stop putting it on ships to go in the wrong direction. Send it to the right direction where in North America they can do something with it yeah. <laughs> rather than do than just landfill it in another part of the world. So if that's true. Yeah, completely. And I suppose it's the, it's the conversation we have a lot on this podcast that plastic isn't going away. That's why we're called the Age of Plastic Podcast and the We Hate Plastic Podcast. You know, we just need to be utilising it properly and, and like your system like you've discussed with your system making sure it doesn't end up in the wrong place it is a useful material we've spent a lot of money digging it out of the ground let's keep using it for what it's intended to be used for right exactly on that note, on to the final questions I'm going to throw at you today, Andy. I've absolutely loved chatting with you. And your passion is, oh, is very, very catching. Thank you. 
But we do always ask our guests, because we are lovers and not haters, about their favourite plastic item. So is there something in your life that you are happy for? Happy contains plastic, I suppose, considering you have uh, this company making plastic PPE. Probably, yeah. I I think, honestly, at the end of the day, um, my nephew and myself are uh, avid uh, gold panning people. So I have a nice plastic pan (gasps) that uh, I sift through the the uh, the gold dust in the hopes that I will be rich and find (laughs) the nuggets. So I'm thankful for that plastic tray, that plastic plate. Um, And that brings me happiness and joy. There we go. That's a real good one. Uh, again, bringing back the gold uh, chat that we were talking about earlier as well, finding gold in Wasteland. Um, and finally, um, Andy, your environmental hero, please. Oh, that's a very good question. I, I'll tell you something. I, I initially um, was was quite enamored with um, um, Greta Thunberg very much. And and then since then, it's, it's, it's gone on, like the transition to like Tom Zaski of, Ter- of TerraCycle and others who are doing good yeah. and who are looking for solutions. The, like I said, my, our biggest problem today is that the environmentalists to the, of today, and, and again, somebody might hate me for it, but you know something, I don't worry about it. <laughs> I, I make the comment. The environmentalist that today is, is, a, is a very, for lack of a better word, a zealot. Okay, like they, they're not willing to, to wrap their head around the compromise. You can get, you know, what, what's that old saying that say, you know, you can catch, um, uh, flies with uh, vinegar more than with honey. So at the end of the day, like there's a sweeter approach to what we do. Yeah. We're never going to get rid of plastic. Like you said, we are a plastic economy. You know, the, you know, it's, it is what it is. The stores are loaded with plastics, yeah. but I think the idea here is that if we can just focus on the battle that's at hand, yes, we all want to reach the Paris, Paris Accord numbers. We all want to see the better world come in. We don't want to see pictures of turtles and, and straws, you know, or, or plastic garbage in the water. Mm. We don't want that. And I don't want that either. I'm not proposing that we should, that should happen. But I think what we have to fight battle is, you know, like it's, it's back to warfare again, you know, there's this war on the environment. Mm. You have to win the battles. You just can't, you can't just can't go and win the war unless you drop the atomic bomb and you, you eliminate everybody from the planet. Um, you're going to have to fight battles and you're going to have to pick your battles. But I think right now we are geared. We have the, the momentum. We have the, the change of mind. We have the where for all to understand that this world can be a better place. And I think now more and more battles are being won quicker and faster. And I think the, the war will end very soon. And I think it will be not a disaster, but I think a, a great future. I love that. That's a very uplifting note to end on, Andy. And you've been shouting out your LinkedIn and, you know, call collect. Where can people get in contact if someone is listening and they're like, I want this tech. I want a part of this company. I can help. Where can they get hold of you? What? Okay, well, you can definitely reach me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me, Andy Streisfeld, or you can find me through our corporate LinkedIn or corporate Twitter, um, uh, Lifecycle Revive, all one word. Um, I would love to give everybody my phone number, but I can't afford the long distance yeah. charges. So just just reach me at info at lifecyclerevive.ca. That's a Canadian um, domain suffix. And um, definitely, they all come to my emails. And as promised, uh, as as my closing comment, if if, if I'm allowed uh, to give you one of my favorite film quotes that is germane to this, uh, and I did promise, promise this Russell Crowe. Uh, <laughs> I promise you, Russell Crowe, and and from the beginning of, of Gladiator, when he addresses the troops, it's what you do 
today echoes into eternity. So take that with you. Make the changes. Live your do what's right today, and it will echo into eternity. Yeah, don't call collect. More info at lifecyclerevive.ca, and I will also link to that and Andy's LinkedIn in the show notes. Andy does love a war analogy. I'm not a massive fan of a war analogy. I prefer talking about the climate crisis and the pandemic, really, as a sort of wicked problem in that it's very complex. Now, I think the theme of this series of the Age of Plastic podcast is better, not perfect. Today's discussion is obviously about creating more plastic, not ideal. But plastic's a useful material and we aren't recycling it. So if this uses recycled plastic, keeps it out of the environment for something that we need, surely that's better. Not perfect, but better than burning, better than landfill. Let me know your thoughts. The contact details in the show notes. And I do have a reusable mask. And I know Andy thinks that masks are going to become a thing of the past. I'm keeping mine. I'm going to be wearing mine on the tube in London every single winter. I'm not having a winter cold ever again. On to today's Eco Life Hack then. I do like it when these are things that are not things to buy because we do buy too much stuff, don't we? Now, Greenpeace have pledged uh, to tell Boris Johnson to stop the flow of plastic. They're asking people to do that after that amazing video that you may have seen. If you haven't, it's in the show notes. Uh, Do look, do sign the petition as well, but also give a follow to a listener in Uganda. Neri Sadrach is a Ugandan-based plastic pollution activist, founder of N Plastics Now. Do give him a follow. He shares details of the plastic pollution where he lives, and it's really shocking and heartbreaking to see. I read an article as well recently by a black female travel writer. She's basically travelled to every single country in the world. How amazing. She's called Jessica Nabongo. And she was asked the one thing she would change about travelling. And she said single-use plastic. And this is her quote. I wish it didn't exist. On my travels, I really saw the effects of it. Corporations brought in all this plastic and didn't tell anyone how to dispose of it. These communities have no waste management system to deal with it. So heartbreaking. Completely what N Plastics Now is trying to highlight. Um, I'll put all those links in the show notes. Hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Coming up next week, we are talking sustainable fashion with the brilliant sustainable brand, uh, Laura Jean. Find out more on next week's episode of The Age of Plastic. Make sure you subscribe wherever you are listening right now. Until then, keep calm and carry on and also keep recycling.